Hi, this is Billy D. If you enjoy this podcast, please like and subscribe. Let's grow NAI basketball. Thank you. Cascade Hoops Talk, bringing the world NAI basketball one podcast at a time. Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. Hey, I'm really uh, uh, happy today to have Colby Blaine. He's head men's basketball coach, College of Idaho. Welcome, Colby. Thanks, Bill. It's good to be back on. That means hoops is right around the corner. Yeah, you say that every year. I thought about that last night. So when these phone calls come, that's when you know it's almost time to play basketball. Yeah. want to start first off, congratulations on the the, uh, national championship. You know, that's a real grind. I want to talk to you a little bit about that but also on you being named uh, National Coach of the Year. Uh, what a what a great honor. Uh, you know, I want to go back to that the tournament last season. Uh, you know, when you get down to the last 20 teams in the country, it's always a grind. Uh, but did you talk about the experience of getting through that final 16 teams, what it felt like, whether it was enjoyable <laughs> or whether it was just gut-wrenching? Yeah, no, that's a really good question, and and I appreciate your your praise. I do want to say um, that we are nothing without our entire team, and especially my staff. My staff never gets enough praise. They're the ones who are building our guys' confidence, and you know, working with them in the gym all year long. And so, the team you saw at the end of last year was a big part of our assistant staff uh, building those guys. But um, that national tournament, it honestly was a lot of fun. We we had a lot of confidence that we were capable of accomplishing what we wanted to there we i did not feel um any doubt of course we were nervous um mm-hmm. you know going into those games because we understand if if uh if we don't win we're done but um but i i don't think we doubted at all um that we were capable which was a pretty cool experience for us um but you know a couple things that i thought you know you look back uh, one thing that i think is really underrated in the tournament is that there are certain uh game times and certain levels of, of rest during the tournament. And you, you know, we told our team all year long, why, why do we want to be focused all year? Like, why is the first game of the year important? And why is, you know, winning conference important? And it all comes back to your seating. And I think one thing that we learned, or, you know, as we went through that tournament was how important having that number one seed was. Yeah. We played early games, um, you know, in the tournament each day. And, um, we had the most rest time, which was something that I felt like our team earned. But I never realized, you know, when you play a 2 p.m. game, you get to decompress for the rest of the day. You know, your, your meals are on time. You get to sleep at a good time. If you play the, the 7 o'clock or 9 o'clock game, you know, you're rushing back to the hotel. You're rushing to go to bed by midnight. You're rushing to get up. And so, um, honestly, it was a really comfortable tournament for us, something that I think we all really enjoyed. You know, it was uh... – Really a, a great run. You know, I want to ask you about something. You know, a couple of years ago, was a oh, I get the, the years start running together. But uh, when you lost to Loyola uh, that next fall, we talked about how crucial that one call was, that offensive foul. And I think you and I at the time said, well, you know what, things have a, a way of evening back. At the end of the Indiana Tech game, Grant Smith gets a shot that, I mean, he's fifth-year senior, probably hits that thing 70% of the time. And, of course, it bounces off. And, uh, of course, you guys 
just did a great job last season. You definitely deserve the national championship. But I, I kind of uh, smile to myself that, you know, the bounces do eventually kind of kind of even out. Yeah, there's there's no question. I I look back. I remember in the middle of uh, uh, our second half against Ottawa in the final four, we had some foul calls that were 50-50 that they called for us, put us on the foul line. And I remember looking at our staff and I told them, we're getting the calls right now. Um, but, you know, Bill, what's what's interesting about sports and, and uh, you know, the journey is that a lot of times every sports program has a story from the past, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that, that drove us last year. That Loyola game drove us. Um, that's, you know, we came in last year having lost in the Elite Eight and believing that we were capable of more. Um, but there are a lot of, stories with 50 50 you know calls or decisions in the last couple of years that was kind of a culmination for our success last year you know and you got to have a little luck at the end of the day to to have a great season and um, i certainly felt like we had that down the stretch you know i i don't think people realize this i i know you do uh but since you've uh became head coach there at College of Idaho. Let's take out the COVID year. You only played 17 games. Most of them were against D1 teams. There was nobody to play. But you, you've you won 90% of all your games since you've taken o- over as head coach. And in conference, you've won almost 95% of your game. 19 out of 20. So everybody wants to know what your secret is. <laughs> I mean, how do you do that? Yeah. I wish I knew the magic test. I'd sleep better at night if I knew it. Um, but <laughs> you just retire and sell it. Yeah, no, I hear you. There's certainly um, some concepts that that we rely on, and um, you know, one thing that we talk a lot about in this program is is our vibe. V i b e, the word vibe. Um, we talk about it a lot on offense, but we talk a lot about. Uh, our vibe as we're trying to build our team. And I think one thing that our staff has done a really great job of is we've found people who all have the same vibe. And that's really hard to explain. You can't put a stat to it. Um, But we've, we've, we really spend a lot of time with everybody. It's not just our players. It's everybody that we let into our program. Um, We're very detailed on, you know, that you, you match the same vibe that you have, you want to be part of the same family values. And, um, and so I think we've done a good job there. Um, which then allows us to coach the game. Um, I think our players have really allowed us to to really coach the game. I mean, we one thing that I, I take a lot of pride in with our program is that we've really studied every game, every time, every type of system, how it's going to make us feel. Like we've studied the emotions of a of a our first game of the year versus our last game of the year, and the and the games in the middle, and a team that presses and a team that zones, and like we really really dive into the emotions of the game. And I feel like that's honestly helped us weather some storms throughout, you know, our, our couple of years as a program with me at the helm here. Um, and, and I, you know, I, like I said, I wish I had the magic dust, but as I reflect back, I think we've got the right people. And I think they're really interested in learning. How do we, you know, how do we perfect this game? You know, you gotta, you've got to talk about, you and I talk about this every time uh, we meet, but I think, Right along with that is your your fan base, uh, which is so dedicated, and uh, they they have that same vibe as well. And uh, you guys and the fan base, and including your students, really seem to uh, feed off each other. Talk about the the fan base there in Caldwell. I think it's amazing what you have. Yeah, well, you just said something really important, and I and I'm glad that you can feel it, you know, and that you can see it. Is that 
our fan base has the same vibe we have, right? And so does so does our our student body. So does our presidents and our athletic directors and our other coaches and our professors. Like you know, the community we all we all view our program the same way. We want it to be elite. Uh, we want it to be enjoyable. We want to connect. Um, you know, like I, I tell our recruits all the time when you come to College of Idaho. Everybody on campus is moving in the same direction, and you just don't get that at some colleges. You know, sometimes athletics butts heads with academics, um, you know, at some colleges, or sometimes, you know, your sports teams just don't get involved in the community, and, and there, or there is no reciprocation from the community, and that's just, that happens. But we happen to have a nice niche here where, um, where everybody's moving in the right direction. And so what you saw last year was we led the country in attendance. I think we averaged just over 1,500 fans. That's more than 110 Division One schools. Um, and what we know, you know, I'll, I'll give props to my mentor, Scott Garson, who got this program rolling again when I was an assistant. Um, I used to get mad at him all the time because I, I thought we would spend a lot of time working on how do we get fans to the game? How do we revive the fan base? And I would I would get mad at him and be like, hey, we need to spend more time on on this set, you know, or or this out of bounds play. And then I realized when there's twenty five hundred fans in the crowd we have a hard time losing, right? Because it's that energy, it's that vibe, it's that that connection that our players feel with the community. I'll tell you this, when, when you're connected, you will go, you will push yourself to your max potential. And I think you saw that with our team last year. Our team was so connected that they weren't going to let each other down. And our community was right there with us and involved in that. And so, um, so we do spend a lot of time trying to figure out how do we how do we engage the community and, and get them to our games. Less time on sets and more time, you know, getting our, our fans excited i know it's it's uh it's always a lot of fun to uh come to a game over there at the 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 jack as you call it the jay albertson's uh center uh, it's loud it's fun it's it's very enjoyable i always enjoy going over there and watching basketball you, you know you you talked about you talked about your guys and how they all have the same vibe uh, you know i've said to people several times that in you know, just looking at it from the outside, it's it's almost like a, one of those once in a generation thing where you know you've been able to pull just the the right guys together at the right time. And uh, you're right, they they absolutely won't let each other down. They won't let each other lose. And you've got an amazing core coming back. And and let's talk just for a minute about some of these seniors you have coming back. You have one guy not coming back. Uh, that's fine. He uh, you know he wanted to go a different way in his COVID year, uh, but. Uh, you know, you have, uh, you know, John. Well, let's let's start with Tyler Robinette. I think he is one of the most underrated guys in the country. And I'm talking about for what he does on the court defensively, how he quarterbacks uh, your defense. You know, people don't normally see that if they watch film or watch the game on TV. Talk about Tyler Robinette, especially what he does on defense. Yeah, I'm super excited about Ty. And the big reason is, um, you know, Ty has a body that, um, a lot of kids deal with it's a long it was a long you know slender body when he came out of high school and that can be really hard um, with your strength and your speed to ever get involved in a really good college program and it, and it can be a slow process and you've seen Ty just mature and really fall in love with the weight room over the last couple of years and with all that maturity and strength comes a ton of confidence and so what you're seeing last year and what I, I mean, I really think Ty could take a huge step forward, uh, forward for us again this year. You're seeing a guy who's super confident in his his abilities. So now 
We have this athletic rim protector who can rebound with anybody in the country. Um, and he can, you know, get down the court and pick and pop. I think, I mean, every big game that we've had in the last two years in the final, you know, stretch of our, our tournaments, he opens the game up with at least a three. If, I mean, Ottawa final four, he opens up the game with two threes, Indiana tech, uh, national championship, he opens up the game with three threes. So he just makes us an extremely hard scout. Um, but you're right. His confidence defensively, his ability to communicate, his ability to conceptually understand what how people are trying to play and what they're looking for um, is a really big deal. And so I'm I'm excited for Ty. He's played really well um, in the summer and the fall here, and I, and I think he's got a chance to be you know take another step. You know, there in the middle, I mean, you've been really blessed with not only uh, Tyler Robinette, but you got Paul Wilson and Tyler Harris. Uh, they both perform really well, and they have different types of games, so you can really throw opponents off. Talk about what those guys have meant to you. Yeah, we've had a great core, um, you know, for our bigs, um, which sometimes can be really hard to find, you know, that much depth. Um, but both Paul Wilson and Tyler Harris have played big roles for us, you know, throughout the last couple of years. And they are the same, you know, big bodies take a while and they're the same way as Robinette. And you can see they're really starting to find their confidence. Um, you know, Paul had some big buckets for us down the stretch, which takes a lot of pressure off us at the national tournament, but they bring size, they bring, you know, big bodies, you know, you get out to that national tournament and, and you see some of those bodies like a grace and <laughs> yeah. Indiana Wesleyan, you know, and you think, Holy cow, like, you know, where are these kids coming from? And, Sometimes we forget that we have them too, you know, that, that Paul and Harris are just as big and, and strong and good. Um, but what's nice for us is we have this unit of bigs where they all play differently. And so, you know, on any, you know, you talked about our success rate on any given night, you know, Harris might be the answer um, because maybe other bigs have a hard time guarding him. But on another night, Paul might be the answer because he's got a bigger body and he can, you know, body guys up more. So we're just lucky with a lot of depth right there. And we're going to need all of them uh, to be able to have success again this year. You know, anybody who listens to me very much, they know that I really admire Jake O'Neill's game. I like the way he plays the game. Uh, he's all out. The guy just magically picks up 14 rebounds. I He's, uh, I mean, he, I, I, I gave him uh the Bigfoot Award last season. I think he's one of the toughest guys in the Northwest. Uh, just talk about Jake O'Neill's game. What he what he brings to your team. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about Jake. The uh, big reason is you know he graduated last year, and so he has a choice. You know how to use his his grad years. Um, and we had a lot of conversations about, hey, what do you want to do? You know, you, you won a national championship. You know, where's your heart at? And he spent about a week thinking about it. And he came back in my office and said, coach, my heart's here at College of Idaho. And I want to keep this journey going. And so to have somebody who is who believes in in what we're, you know, our our our, our message and our and, and how we feel about, you know, the game and the program and, and college athletics like that's powerful. And so um, I feel very confident that we have leadership guys that that understand the bigger picture. And, you know, I think another thing about Jake that I'm that I'm intrigued with was a lot of people don't know that he actually was beat up last year. Um, he had some hip strains as we were going down the end of the season. Um, and so you still saw a guy who was productive, but he was, you know, if you, if you actually go back and you watch sometimes when he'd get fouled or hit the ground, he actually took a little while to get up. Um, and I'm seeing a guy right now who, you know, I'd be, I might be arrogant about this, but I'm willing to say it. I, I don't know that there's a more, uh, 
well-conditioned athlete, a better in-shape athlete than Jake O'Neill in the entire country. He focuses on his body better than anybody I've ever seen. Um, he gets his sleep. He eats unbelievably well. And so I, I, it'll be interesting to see if Jake can really take another big step, even though he's already had all this success. I really think he can. And then you got one more senior coming back, a guy instant offense, huge fan favorite there in Caldwell, uh, Johnny Radford. Yeah, Johnny, uh, excellent shooter, excellent shooter. And, you know, you look at his stats last year, I think he shot the three at like 46% and he hit 101 of them. I mean, that's <laughs> that's unheard of uh, to be able to do that. That's that's consistency and that's confidence. And one thing we've learned about Johnny is we got to just let him kind of play his game. His game is a is a different style than um, you may not realize it. We just, we just call him a shooter, but uh, you know, he's got a little bit more methodical game than you, than you think for a shooter. And so we've really learned to just let him play, just let him find his rhythm and let him get in the zone. You know, we were talking the other day as a staff um, with some uh, people on campus about getting in the zone. And I have to say that I think Johnny Radford might be able to find his way into the zone more than anybody I've ever coached. Um, he just makes shots and, and he's an underrated defender too. I think you'll see that his playing time continues to rise because he gets a lot of deflections. He really understands our system and, and he can relieve a lot of pressure for us. I want to talk for a couple of minutes about uh, some of the juniors. A guy who I call a basketball player's basketball player, that's the only way I can define him, is Drew Wyman. Uh, he's so smooth, he's so strong, he can always get his shot. Uh, he's starting to shoot a little bit more from outside last season. Uh, he, he's And he's one of the nicest guys I ever met on top of that. You know, you just talk about uh, Drew and what he brings to your team. Yeah, well, Drew has gone through a fun um, maturation here over the last two years. His freshman year we counted on him to win like seven games within the final 30 seconds. And I'm pretty sure he went six of seven to like win the game for us as a freshman. Um, and I think what we saw last year, which I think is completely underrated and, and undervalued. I just don't think that we, that, that, that we really see it is that he did his damage at the beginning of games. Um, he really increased his ability to shoot and, and make shots from the three-point line. Um, if you look at his stats, he actually—I think he shot about 70 more threes last year than he did as a freshman. Um, and what that what what that did for us that early success is what opened up a lot of our games. And so you honestly didn't even see us needing him at the end of many games last year. Um, I think at NNU he made a big play in overtime, but. Um, other than that, it was kind of this fun maturation for him, and I don't think that people really saw saw it. Um, but he's just a physical force um, who's super skilled. He can hit tough shots. He can rebound. Um, he plays as hard as he possibly can, and and he's a great teammate. Um, you know, he's he's all about the team. Even though he's you know he could Drew could score twenty at at any program in the country, but he's willing to sacrifice uh, to be part of a great team. And then a couple guys who kind of almost role players uh Caden starts where he Caden Handran and then Stratton Rogers who's uh he's pushing Jake O'Neill for the rebounding crown uh they're 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 not huge numbers guys well Stratton rebounds seven rebounds a game but they're really important to your team yeah they honestly um they're they're are incredibly underrated and I always I tell our recruits this all the time and, and I and I talk to fans and I all you know. I, I really believe that society tries to tell us what a good basketball player oh, is, exactly. and a lot of times, you know, that a lot of times that's what you see on YouTube, and and it's the fun, exciting stuff. 
but I really feel like our success and our consistency, you talked about our winning stats, you know, at the beginning of this show, they come from guys like Caden Handron and Stratton Rogers. Their vibe is unbelievable. Their vibe is a winning vibe and they make plays that, that associate with winning. One thing that those two do better than anybody I've ever coached is they will connect passes. They don't catch and hold the ball. And so a lot of times society's looking at them saying, well, they don't do anything. What do you, you know, why are you playing them? And the truth is we don't realize that they're creating the, the great shots and the actions for our other guys. If I just put five scores on the court, nobody creates a good action for each other. Right. And so right. Um, Stratton and Caden are very crucial to our success. And the other thing too, is they are elite rebounders. Both of them, um, you can really rebound at a high, high level. So uh, very, very uh, excited about them. You know, uh, just a side note, uh, we lose Charles Elsey to graduation, our defensive player of the year, awesome player, really left our program um, with a lot of great nuggets and, and success. And we didn't replace his body specifically. We didn't replace his lateral talent. Um, and I really think that Stratton Rogers is a guy who can step into that spot and, uh, and showcase a lot of his defensive ability, even though you see him as maybe a wing and Charles is a guard. To me, that doesn't matter. They have the same lateral movement. So um, excited to see that growth. And then, uh, you know, a guy, did Samaji Morgan uh, come into his own last season in Kansas City or – I mean, he was doing some things for a freshman that were unbelievable in that atmosphere. Uh, he's out at uh, Churchill over in Eugene. Uh, he's a special talent, Samaji Morgan. Boy, everybody's going to know his name. Yeah, we're, we're, we're lucky to have him. He's, he's an awesome kid and, and a great player. And I laughed with him um, right after we won the national tournament. We're standing on the court, and a year before that moment, we had gone to Red Robin with his entire family and his coaches, and we offered him a scholarship. And I looked right at him, and I said, I'm only signing a guard in this class that I think can win us a national championship. And had Samaje not signed with us, I don't think I would have signed another guard in that class. Um, and, we, you know, we kind of smiled. I think it was a huge confidence boost for him to see it all come together. But to win big games, you've got to have the type of talent he has. He can make tough shots. And, I, I mean, I've watched those clips over and over from our final two games. Yeah. And, boy, I mean, he makes layups over 6'8 guys, and he's, you know, hitting mid-range jump shots where he's got a double clutch. And for him, he found the zone, which is really incredible for a freshman to find the zone in that big of a moment. That tells you how special he is. Um, I think the big thing moving forward for him is that, the scouting reports are going to be there this year. Like he's not going to be an unknown. You just said everybody's going to know him. Um, I think he impacts our game at a, an incredible rate when he comes in. And so um, I think the biggest thing for him is he's got to continue to learn how does he use his superhuman powers, right? Like he's got these big time talents, but how does he use them efficiently? How does he find them more easy? You know, if we're always playing in very difficult situations, it can be a mental grind. And so it'll be a fun challenge for me and him to be able to work together and continue to grow his game uh, but he's as good as anybody in the country and he he gives us somebody on any given night who can make tough shots you know colby there's a, a lot of buzz around uh the one transfer and then a couple of recruits you brought in you know i gotta ask you about alex germer he's coming in as a sophomore he played at montana state they won two big sky championships uh, he's a kid out of missoula six foot eight uh, how good is germer 
Well, we we believe our guys are all national champion good, right? And there so, you go. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of faith in him. I think the biggest thing um, for bringing Alex in was that, you know, and I, and I told him this when we sat down for lunch, uh, when we offered him as well, was that we, aren't, we weren't recruiting the transfer portal. Like, that was not our focus last spring. But what we're recruiting is the right vibe. And Alex understands our program. He's played with multiple guys. He played on the same AAU team with uh, Drew Wyman and and uh, Caden Handren, and so he understands um, our sacrifice here and our and our you know our our demands. And um, he understands pushing himself. And so uh, that's why we really wanted Alex. But he's you know Alex is a really interesting player because once again he doesn't society can't figure out how alex plays i'm just being honest like he's the six eight body who shoots and you know he he honestly is a guard he's not you know he's not a five man uh, but you look at his size and you just think that that's maybe what he is and so what i'm really excited about with alex is that he's a hard matchup um very hard matchup you put a small on him he can post and he gets fouled a lot he makes all of his free throws um, you put a, a big on him, he's going to pick and pop. He's going to space the floor and shoot. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm excited about the the mismatch opportunity and, and the matchup uh, difficulties for other teams with him. Um, but most excited, again, just about his vibe and that he's, you know, he's a grinder. He's very strong. He's not going to quit. Um, and I think those are the things we're going to see, you know, early in the year from him. You know, uh, another guy you're bringing in from Butte, another Montana Gatorade player of the year, I believe Handron was a, Gatorade player of the year in Montana as well he's 6'4 guard Dougie Peoples I know there's a lot of buzz around him yeah Dougie Dougie can really shoot the ball Dougie makes shots um and and it's I've seen it you know I've got to watch him for three years over the the high school seasons and the the AAU seasons and consistently against the hardest opponents he's able to find shots and make them um, and so uh, definitely excited about him. You know, he's, he's got that Johnny Radford type game where he can, you know, hit a couple threes back to back to back. Um, but then he's got more to his game. You know, we always tell our guys like you're, you're more than just whatever you think you are. You know, if you're just a shooter, well, Dougie's got a really quick first step so he can get past you when you over close out and he can get into the paint and hit a floater or make a good pass. Um, you know, and he, he's a good rebounder, you know, what we've seen in high school, he's able to, he comes up with the ball. Um, and so the fun thing for him will be over the next couple of years as he can, as his body continues to fill out and he gets the strength. Um, but at the end of the day, he can really fill it up. Um, and so if you're too focused on other guys on our team, you know, he's a guy who could really punish you. And then of course you brought, you're bringing in from Middleton, Michael, uh, Mendiola. He has a long connection to the school, you know, Talk about Mike and then, you know, he's he's part of that that Yote family. And then, you know, talk about what do you need to do to keep this thing going? How do you keep this Yote legacy alive? Yeah, Mike, Mike is great. I, you know, he's been with us, you know, forever because his mom is our volleyball coach. His dad's a softball coach and his sister's our academic advisor. So um, it is certainly that family connection. But I think, you know. Uh, the biggest thing about Micah is that once again, he, he fits who we are. Micah is one of the greatest teammates you've ever seen. Um, and I think Micah's a late bloomer. He's really started to come out of his shell. A shot has really started to develop these last couple of years. So, um, so again, another guy that just fits who we are, but, um, you know, Bill, it's a great question to, to figure out how do we keep it going? Uh, you know, we mentioned earlier, like two years ago, 
we lose in the elite eight and we have that fire. We had that fire about, you know, getting the, getting to last year and, and pushing through that whole season. And those storylines are much easier to, to have in your back pocket where they're driving you forward than sometimes dealing with success where you're fearful, you know, to make the wrong move. And so I think, you know, specifically for this team, we have to continue to be aware of what success can do to you. And we have to be aware of what is it that that, that fire felt like last year. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about just being aware of things and, and understanding the emotions of them all. Um, but I, I, you know, one thing I feel great about this team is there are a lot of guys on this team who feel like they have more to prove. Um, and, and I think that's pretty exciting. I mean, almost every guy on this team feels like they can give more and that they haven't reached their max potential. And so I think that's going to help us a ton, but I think for the future of this program, it's really just making sure that we find, we continue to recruit the guys that want to be part of this challenge that it, cause it is a challenge. You know, I tell every recruit in the country um, when, when we're talking to them, everybody wants to play on a winning team, but half the guys don't realize what it takes to actually be on a, on an excellent team, the amount of sacrifice, the amount of demand of your time, the physical force that we put on your body, like it's demanding the academic standards, the community standards, you know, you're, you go to a football game, you're going to be engaged with your community for two, three, four hours. They want to talk to you. Um, and, I, and a lot of kids don't understand that. And so it's really important for us that we just keep finding the right guys and not get caught up in what we think, you know, we need, or we think that is going to be a good fit. Like just keep trusting our gut with the right vibe um, is, is how I think we'll keep this thing moving forward. You know, you're going to, uh, you're going to get right at it early. No, you have an exhibition game with uh college of Southern Idaho, but then you're going to, uh, you're going to go straight to great falls. You're going to play in Montana to kick it off. Then you're coming back. You're taking on your rival there in town, your D two rival, uh, who the whole country's rooting for you in that game, Northwest Nazarene. And then for your Domino's Classic, you got Antelope Valley and Vanguard, two teams that probably people outside the West Coast don't know too much about, uh, but they will they will both bring it. Uh, so uh, you're going to get tested early. Yeah, we, we specifically built this schedule to ensure that we had a lot of athletic teams. Like that's, you know, we saw that down the stretch playing Xavier and uh, from New Orleans and Westcliff and LSU Shreveport. I mean, we saw some athletes that we don't typically see all the time in our own league. Um, and so it was really important that we put that on our preseason schedule. Um, and I, I'm excited to open up at Providence. They gave us trouble last year. I think we yeah. won by six. It was a very tight game. They're very skilled guards. They, they are kind of the complete opposite of us. And so what a challenge for us to, to open up on, on the road. But I am very excited about our home tournament games with those California teams. They bring excellent athleticism and uh you know an aggressive mentality and we need to learn uh, you know how that how that feels and how to how to execute against it so should be a great preseason for us you know the uh the cast uh, outside of uh college of idaho the cascade conference was down just a bit i mean as you know i've started to visit coaches and uh go through some lineups and you know it looks like it looks like a lot of teams are are getting well this year of course nobody knows until we throw the ball up uh, but if you looked a l little bit around the conference, what are you expecting? I mean, everybody's going to gun and be gunning for you. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, no, I, 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 I really do believe that the conference is going to take a big step 
uh, forward again this year. I, at the end of the day, it all comes down to health, and and I feel bad. You know, we can't. We got lucky last year. Our team stayed healthy. You know, and um, you saw around the league, every team in this league has a great tradition, and they start you know with great talent, and then we just all got to keep them healthy. But um, I am expecting. You know, what we have right now is we have a lot of stability with our coaches, coaching staffs in this league right now. And I think people are really starting to um, kind of get their feet under them. We've had a lot of turnover in the last, you know, a couple yeah. of years ago, kind of when I got the job five years ago. And so what I think you're seeing right now is a lot of coaches who are really starting to settle into what they want their program to look like. And the, and the result is going to be some very experienced teams with a lot of talent. Um, you know, I think your OITs, your uh, – LCSCs, you know, they, they brought in guys, they got guys that are getting healthy. You know, I know you visited with Bushnell the other day and they've got their entire the team back. Team, I, I was, yeah. Yeah. I was listening to your, your deal in the morning at 6am getting ready for work. And I'm thinking you're saying all these names from Bushnell again. I'm thinking, Holy cow, I could feel my heart rate going up, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, you can go up and down the list. Corbin always has talent and a great system, you know, and, um, you know, Eastern always plays physical and like, so, um, I, you know, I expect the league to be a gauntlet. There's no question about it. And that's, you know, if you, if you look at the national tournament success of the cascade conference, it's pretty special. I mean, in the last, um, I mean, uh, I mean, six, seven years, we've had teams playing in the national championship or in the final four or multiple teams playing in the final four. So I really think our league gets us ready and, and is a big testament to why we're having success at the national tournament. You know, that's a good point about the stability of the coaches. Cause I think Taylor Kelly's going into his fourth, fourth year, fifth year. Uh, Jermaine Potts is going into at Warner Pacific. He's going into his fourth year. Of course, we have a new coach over at Multnomah. They've brought in, they're kind of turning over their roster. Uh, they'll have uh, Tyrese Taylor, of course, and Nalen Block to build from. Uh, but, I mean, you just go up and down the up and down the league. Uh, you, I, I think it's going to be much better. There's a couple teams that I know will be good, but I'm not sure because they have to rebuild so much. Uh, you know, Eastern loses a lot of guys. And uh, Southern Oregon, they lost four starters. So, but you know, both those guys are super competitive, and they're they're going to put somebody on the court to come after you. Yeah, no, that's they're they're a little unknown, like you said, just because they had turnover. But I can tell you what, those guys can really coach. Kemp and Zozel really have great systems, and and they can really coach. So I know they'll have their teams ready and and uh, engaged throughout the whole year. Well, Colby, I kept you a little bit longer than I planned, but I appreciate you taking all the time to, uh, you know, walk through the 2023-24 Yotes for everybody. I know everybody's everybody across the entire nation is anxious to see what you can do on the court this season. And uh, I think the first time I'll see you is down in Klamath Falls early in the conference season, it looks like. Yeah, we uh, if you want a storyline, we had that game two years ago and, and OIT beat us up uh, that first week of December. So um, we will definitely see you guys over there. I'm sure Parnell uh, will hear this. But, oh, no uh, grudge looking, there, huh? <laughs> we're looking forward to playing the first series of that game uh, in Klamath soon. So appreciate everything you do. Thank you, Colby. That's Colby Blaine. He's head men's basketball coach, College of Idaho. Thank you, Colby. You bet. Thank you. Thank you very much to Coach Blaine and to College of Idaho. I uh, really appreciate uh, Coach Blaine giving us the time today. Uh, the College of Idaho and Coach Blaine have been great supporters of this show since literally day one. So a big shout out to Coach Blaine and all the College of Idaho fans. Thank you. 
Thank you very much for supporting our podcast. Please like and subscribe. Get out to your local NAI school because NAI basketball is the best entertainment value in America.